0: Glory to God. Welcome to Tree of Life Church this morning. God bless you. Could we give all of our guests a great big hand clap? We are delighted that you are here. Thank the Lord. We are delighted that you are here. You do only come one time as a guest, and then we just claim you. Amen. And we're so thankful that you're here this morning and want you to feel right at home. You are among family. You are among friends, and we give God the praise for that. And uh, we're thankful this morning for all that the Lord has done. I'm glad to be home. I'm glad to be back at Tree of Life Church. This is There's no place like home. And we're just so thankful to the Lord to be here this morning. And we want to look into the word of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to be reading today from the book of Exodus chapter 3. From the book of Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to begin reading at the first verse. One of the great passages of Scripture in the Word of the Lord, and and we want to to read just a few verses here from Exodus chapter 3 beginning with verse 1. The Scripture says this, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. Out of the midst of a bush. And he looked. And behold the bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. Moses said I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why? Why? The bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. And said Moses. Moses. And he said here am I. And he said draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. I just want to take a few moments this morning and and talk to you about this subject, Encountering the Flame. Encountering the Flame. Hallelujah. How many feel the fire of God in this place? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, of course, am not talking about a natural fire. No need to pull any alarms. But a spiritual blaze of glory that is in this place. And we want the Lord to have his way. Could you just lift your voice with me right now as we pray to the Lord that he would have his way in this service. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your many, many blessings. I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this house. Lord, I pray you will touch each and every individual that has gathered here with your word. Let your word be to us a lamp and a light, Lord, and a fire in our souls. God, I pray that your word would do the work that you have designed it to do and help our hearts to be open and receptive, Lord. We thank you for this, and we give you all praise and glory. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning in the name of the Lord. No doubt, one of the great characters of the Bible, one of the great prophets in Hebrew history, is this man that we're talking about this morning by the name of Moses. Moses was the individual who was called by God at 80 years of age to go back into Egypt, the place that he had left, and thought he would never return because he did not leave, if you please, on good terms. He left under threat of arrest because things went awry in his life. And he was, he was kind of forced out of the country, and he... He left and, and thought, I never can go back because of of what has transpired. And he, just in the middle of a moment of rage, trying to protect a Hebrew slave and getting into a tussle with an Egyptian taskmaster, he ended up killing the taskmaster. He didn't know anybody knew it, then found out they did know it. And he took off, never to return in his mind, but, but there... In this passage of Scripture, at 80 years of age, Moses is called upon by the Lord to return to Egypt and to go with this specific instruction, to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He goes back to Egypt, and what transpires after that is nothing short of miraculous God uses him in a, in a, in a most amazing way. He, he leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. It was not an easy thing. Pharaoh resisted. His heart was hardened. And he refused at first to let them go. And, and, and God had to operate through Moses and bring plagues upon the nation of Egypt. Many plagues. It was a, it was a very destructive thing that Pharaoh didn't just acquiesce and let God's people go. But, but nonetheless, the plagues came, and Moses was, was allowed to take the children of Israel out of Egypt in what was called a mass exodus. It's where we get our book of Exodus. It's the book that records their departure from the land of Egypt. And as they leave Egypt, Pharaoh's heart hardened yet again and came after them with his hosts of armies. And... And, and they, of course, had reason to be afraid, but, but the Lord was on their side. And Moses famously brought them to the Red Sea and lifted up his hand as, as instructed of the Lord over the Red Sea. And the Red Sea did part. And they walked through on dry ground onto the other side of the Red Sea. And, and, and not only did they walk through on dry ground, but the Egyptian armies came in after them with intent to do great harm. But when they came down into the midst of the Red Sea, the waters collapsed upon them, and they all died. This was an amazing ministry that Moses had. It didn't stop there. It continued on. It was Moses who called upon the Lord, and and bread came from heaven. It was Moses who called upon the Lord and water came out of a rock when they were thirsty. It was Moses who called upon the Lord and, and, and waters that were actually poisonous to drink. They were toxic, but he used the tree nearby that the Lord told him to chop down and put into the water. And when he put the tree into the water, the waters were healed. When venomous serpents came out attacking Israel as a result of their punishment, he, he was instructed of the Lord to make a brazen serpent and to lift it up in the wilderness. And when he did, all who could lay eyes upon the serpent would be healed. And, and, and this, of course, was representative of what Jesus Christ would do for us on Calvary's hill of sorrow. Moses had the most amazing ministry. And to think it all began when he thought his life was concluding. He thought that he would just spend his years on the backside of the desert and and just kind of fade out in anonymity. And that would not be the will of the Lord. God's hand seemed to be on Moses from birth. It was as if the Lord had singled him out and said, I'm going to use this man for my glory. At three months of age, he he was hidden for three months of his life by his mother. From the decree of Pharaoh that said every man child of the Hebrews must be killed. He was hidden for three months and when he could no longer be hidden. She had to make a choice and she decided that she was going to take a step of faith. Hebrews 11 would, would actually reference her in the hall of faith. By faith she laid this baby down into an ark that she had made a small little basket and she made it waterproof so that it could withstand the Nile river she laid it upon the river and she sent it a sail and then of course when it arrived at its destination it found it was he was discovered by the daughter of pharaoh himself and she took him unto her knowing that he was a hebrew she called him moses for he was drawn out of the water and she knowing he was a hebrew She said, I'm going to raise him as my own. And she raised him, but his mother, his Hebrew mother, nursed him. God allowed him to be exposed to the schooling of the Egyptians, but to be raised in the home of the Hebrew. This man had the hand of favor of God upon his life from a very early age. And even though he didn't always make the right choices, And even though he sometimes acted on impulse and it got him in trouble. And even though he had given up and went to the backside of a desert and was willing to spend the last few years of his life thinking that nobody knew where he was, but God knew exactly where he was. And God arranged for this experience that we have read about to occur. And this was the pivotal moment in Moses' life. This was the transition. He had tried to do something good and it failed. He had acted on impulse and got himself into a lot of trouble. He was hasty. He was impatient. He was, not, he was temperamental. He didn't have a lot of temperance. And, and he, he found himself at a loss for how to ever rectify or remedy any of those things he had done. But God knew right where he was and God knows right where you are this morning. And God arranged for there to be along the path of his daily routine a bush that would hold a flame of fire. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses and he appeared unto him in a bush in a flame of fire and that the voice of God came forth from that flame of fire and from that bush and and. And and Moses was walking by the bush, and he sees the bush burning. Now, I don't know how long he saw it or how many days went by. I, I just know that at one point, Moses walked by it, and it was still burning. And he said, now I will turn aside. As if to say, yesterday I didn't turn aside, but now I will turn aside. Because what so amazed him was that even though the bush was burning... It was not being consumed. He said, now this this is some crazy stuff. Because I'm almost positive that's the bush that was burning some time ago. And I'm looking over there. It's still burning. And and if it's a normal set of circumstances, the bush burns until it is consumed. But, But Moses is looking at this bush and there is no effect of the fire upon the bush. It is just simply burning without being consumed. And it was in this moment that Moses looked to see what it was all about. He investigated the matter. He wanted to understand a little bit more about the miraculous thing he was observing. And when God saw that Moses had turned aside to check it out, To investigate a little bit further, the Lord spoke to him from the flame of fire inside the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Now, we There's a lot I wish I could preach today, but I, I won't be able to get into all of it. There's a reason why he called him twice. He did that sometimes. Abraham, Abraham. Oh, hallelujah. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. And the Lord began to... Call him unto him. He said, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. You've never been anywhere like where you are right now. Never before have your feet tread upon a surface like the surface you're walking on right now. You are in the presence of the holy God. Hallelujah. My Lord have mercy. I know you've heard about me. I know you've been taught about me. I know people have have said things in passing concerning me. But you are standing in the presence of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Take off your shoes, for the place whereon you stand is holy ground. I used to think when God did that that he was saying to Moses, Moses, come unto me. And then as Moses proceeded, he said, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Get those nasty shoes off. Before you come messing up my carpet. I thought that's what was being said. That's not what's being said. God wasn't worried about his carpet being messed up. He was saying... He was saying, Moses, I want you to come into my presence. And before you do, I want you to take off your shoes. Now, I know why you're wearing those shoes. You're wearing those shoes because you're a shepherd. And you need those shoes because you're on rocky terrain. And there are sharp rocks. And there are thorns and thistles and scorpions and snakes. And, and you need something to protect your feet. But you're not out on any old rocky terrain right now, Moses. You are on holy ground. There's no... No, there's no harm on this holy ground. There's nothing trying to injure you on this holy ground. You can take off the guard. You can remove the facade. You can let down the You can let down the guard. You can let down the wall. Take off your shoes. You are standing on holy ground. And Moses walked into the presence of his creator. And it changed his life forever when he encountered the flame of fire that came from the presence of God. It was there that God said, Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses said, who am I? That Pharaoh would ever listen to me or that I could even speak for you. I, I, I'm not eloquent of speech. I'm slow of speech. And the Lord said, I am that great I am. You go tell Pharaoh that I am hath sent you. You, you go tell Pharaoh that you come on mission and on assignment from the great I am. And and Moses said, experienced him in a way Abraham had not experienced him. Experienced him in a way Isaac and Jacob had not known him. That's how Moses experienced him in the bush that did burn but was not consumed. He came from that place with a revelation of who God is. It changed his life forever. He walked from the presence of the Lord with a new confidence, with a new boldness, with a a renewed understanding of purpose in life. No longer was he confused about who he was or who God is. But he walked into Pharaoh's court knowing this is no special place. I've been in the most special place in all the earth. On holy ground. And when you have stood on holy ground, you can stand anywhere and declare with confidence the grace and the power and the glory of the living God oh hallelujah one encounter with the flame of God. And I want you to know this is not just any ordinary flame that I'm talking to you about tonight, today. This is not some pilot light. This This is not some little, little flicker or, or or spark. This is something that comes from heaven. And we must understand this morning as apostolic Pentecostal people that there is a fire involved with the presence and the glory of God. We can never get away from the exterior experience of the fire of God now I understand that when we come to the house of God we want to leave with something we want to have instruction we want to have we want to have some sort of a of an imparted understanding about how to live effectively for the Lord but 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 we must never remove from the equation the experiential nature of God God is not just somebody for you to hear about God is not just some entity for You to be taught about and to walk away thinking that you know more about him. He is somebody to be experienced. That's where your understanding will come in God. You will experience God, you will learn of him by. Taking his yoke upon you, you will, you will, hallelujah, you will learn of him through experience with him. And we can never, we can never get away from that. Never can we get away from the fact that when people walk into this room, there is an experience waiting for them, an experience that is undeniable. It's an experience that'll get down into your bones, it's an experience that'll get down into your spirit, into your soul. It'll make you clap your hands. It will make you stomp your feet. It will make you wave your hands. It will make you dance for joy. It, 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 It will make you sing aloud. Hallelujah. It will cause you to give God praise like you've never given God praise. You will step out of your personality and enter into the glorious presence of the mighty God where there is freedom and there is joy and there is peace in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. We will never get away from the experience that is the flame of God's presence. It is like a fire. John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom of God and he said, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, I have indeed baptized you with water unto repentance, but there is coming one after me that is mightier than I, and he's going to baptize you, not simply with water, hallelujah, unto repentance, but he He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. And with fire. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that when we're baptized into the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, there is a promise associated with that. And the promise is you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I want somebody to know today that that Holy Ghost comes with fire. I said it comes with with fire and it's not just some kind of a little earthly fire it's a Holy Ghost fire it's a spiritual flame that'll get down on the inside of a person Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible said that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, you guessed it, like as of fire. And they were all filled, hallelujah. They weren't, they weren't merely injected or infused with a little bit. A little bit have a little bit seep into their system. No, 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 no. They were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, every part of them was filled to overflowing with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Don't ever get away from the fact that this thing is a fire. Don't ever get away from the fact that this thing is alive. That this thing is a burning flame. Hallelujah. This is why we don't apologize for for worshiping God with enthusiasm. I, I love that word, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. It actually, that, 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 that middle middle part of that word thews it has to do with, with Theo or God or spirit so enthusiasm is, is the spirit of God in us that causes a reaction That's, enthusiasm isn't just being happy it is a reaction to the spirit of the Lord that is on the inside of us hallelujah so yes there will be clapping and there will be shouting and there will be rejoicing and there will be weeping sometimes we'll weep when we're happy and sometimes we'll laugh when we're sad sometimes it don't make any sense at all but it's a fire it's an undeniable unquenchable fire you could be going through a hell on earth but in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore hallelujah I'm going to tell you something. I'll tell you exactly what you need today. You need a renewed experience in the presence of God. You need to fall out talking in tongues again. You need to get drunk in the Holy Ghost again. Hallelujah. You need to weep and rejoice and shout and sing and you say that's nothing but a bunch of emotion and that is and i can tell you right now you've never experienced it because if you had experienced it you would know it's not merely emotion there's emotion involved no question there's emotion involved because when we think of the goodness of jesus and all that he's done for me, we get emotional. I can't help it. I mean, you try thinking for a little while about he didn't have to do it, but he did. He saved my soul from a burning hell. You think about that for a little while and try not to get emotional. You try to think for a little while about my body was in pain, but I called that a healing name and he gave me sweet joy with it. You get emotional, but it's not merely emotion. It's not merely emotion. It is there is a fire, a, an actual burning flame that you become exposed to and it gets down on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And it'll burn within you. Oh glory to his name. It'll burn inside of you. It'll get down where where things live inside of you and it'll it'll start burning and consuming the scripture says our God is a consuming fire. So it is interesting that the bush was burning but not being consumed. I want to get to that in a moment. I want you to understand that. That's, that's quite a sight that the bush was burning but not being consumed. Especially when you consider the fact that our God is a consuming fire. I'm quoting Hebrews 12, 29. Our God is a consuming fire. But, but it's interesting about the fire of God. Because God is, is so wise. And so um, um, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, omnibenevolent. He understands how to be God. He's really good at being God. Hallelujah. All of these other false gods try to be God. But they're not good at being God. God is so good at being God. He's the only God, the one true and living God. He's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And even though he is a consuming fire, he understands how to burn and not consume. Hallelujah. I want you to know that that, that when God moves upon a thing as fire, that he begins to burn things up that need to be burned up. And he'll preserve what needs to be preserved. Not only does God do this as fire, he does this as wind. The Bible says that the wind would blow against the grain. And when it would, when it would blow against that, that grain, the, the, the wind would would knock the chaff away from the grain. And the, and the real grain would, would fall to the ground. The grain would be, would be stomped and then it would be thrown into the air. And, and it would be thrown into those heavy winds. And those heavy winds would hit that, that grain and that chaff would fall. Fly off. But the grain, that real good grain, would come back to the ground. That's the way the wind of God works. It's also the way that His fire works. His fire will move upon a thing. And everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. Everything that does not belong there will be burned up and consumed and driven away and removed. But that which is precious and that which is oh flame-resistant, if you please. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it today hallelujah, will stand and, and, and it might burn but it will not be consumed. God knows how to burn while not consuming. This is the way his flame operates. We see this in the, in the story of the three Hebrew children. In the story of the three Hebrew children we we see a, a situation where they were told all, everybody was told to bow down and worship the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar. But there were three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who said we will not bow down to this image Nebuchadnezzar said if you don't we will cast you into the fiery furnace they said we still won't bow down to your image he said all right fine. I'm going to heat it up seven times hotter than what it was before. Some people might might fall at that point. Some people might bow at that point. Some people might give in by that point. But not those three Hebrew children. They understood something about the flame. They, they understood something about encountering the flame. That you can, that the flame understands what you need. And it will, it will rise and fall to just the right temperature to bring things out the way they need to be brought out. And when he said, I'll heat it up seven times hotter. They said, you can heat it up 21 times hotter. It doesn't matter to us because we have faith in the power of God to deliver us and we have faith in the wisdom of God, hallelujah, to determine whether we should live or die. But what we do know is that we will not bow to this image. And when they threw those three Hebrew children into that fiery furnace, I'm going to tell you that flame was so hot that even the men who threw them died when they were affected and had encountered the flame but those boys that were cast into the fire they did not die by the flame the flame was not intended to kill them the flame was intended to reveal the presence and the power of God that existed in their life oh hallelujah hallelujah I know. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we talk about the fire of God, and we think that means, uh, you know, some kind of a, some kind of a exuberance or some kind of a, of a thrill, and that's and that that comes. But but the real purpose of the fire of God is to purify, to purify. So when John said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, he was saying that fire is going to get down on the inside of you, and it's gonna it's gonna burn up everything that needs to be burned up. It's going to consume bad attitudes. It's going to consume rebellion. It's going to consume stubbornness. It's going to consume pride. It's going to consume lust of the flesh. It's going to consume the love of money. It's going to consume the lust of the eyes. It's going to consume hatred for others. It's going to consume envy. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it today. It's going to consume all the things inside of you. That need to be consumed. But the effect it's going to have upon the things that matter. Will be simply that it purifies. And here are these Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego inside this fiery furnace. And while they're inside this fiery furnace. There there, there appears a fourth man in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar leans down, and he's looking in, and he sees, like, movement, like, folks moving around inside the fire. And he's, like, rubbing his eyes and checking his bifocals. I mean, he's trying everything. And he said, didn't we, didn't, somebody remind me, didn't we throw three people into the fire? They said, yes. He said, why do I see a fourth man in the fire? And why does he look like the Son of God inside the fire? Hallelujah. Let me tell you what the fire will do. The fire will burn up everything in your life that needs to be consumed. And it will reveal the presence of God that already exists. See, here's what, I, here's what I believe. I don't believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were saying that we're simply not going to bow. I believe they knew that God was with them the whole time. You just can't see it without the fire. You can't see his presence until the fire comes. His presence is there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But it took the fire to reveal his presence. Hallelujah. He was with them when they were saying, we won't bow. He was with them when they were praying earlier that morning. He was with them when they were saying, Lord, give us direction. Give us wisdom and give us boldness. But it actually took the flame to reveal that he was there to make it noticeable to the human eye. And I want you to know today that, that you might resent the flame in your life, but the flame is there to reveal the manifestation and the presence of God in your life. And furthermore, it took the flame being heated to seven times hotter than what it was. See, don't, don't get nervous when things start heating up. Anybody going through something right now It's heating up? The temperature's rising. Things are heating up. Don't don't get nervous about that. God's letting it heat up. It's heating up. I want it to go one degree higher. One degree higher than what it was. A little bit hotter. A little bit hotter. I want the flame a little bit hotter. He's going to let it rise until it reaches seven times hotter. Because that's just the right temperature required for him to be able to show up. You know, I, know I, wish I, could, I wish I could tell you, you know what, you're going to leave this place and everything's going to be all right from this point going forward. But i got to be honest with you. It might get hotter than what it is right now. It might get a little bit warmer. It might get a little more violent. It got, might get a little tougher, but don't be worried about it because he's there. He's there. And when it gets just the right temperature, he's going to reveal himself. He's going to be manifest to you. You're going to recognize he was here the whole time. That's what happens when you encounter the flame. The flame will preserve you, but it will destroy those who cast you into it. I want to I I say that again. It will preserve you, but it will destroy your enemy. It will destroy your adversary, but it will preserve you. You are like God jewelry. You are like precious stones. They say that in a house fire, what will most likely survive the flame of the house fire is the jewelry and the precious stones. They said, go look through the rubble because chances are the diamond made it. Chances are the pearl made it. Chances are that the gold made it because rarely can a fire, unless it reaches a certain magnitude of temperature, can it affect the precious stones. I want you to know that you are precious to God you are precious to God your faith is precious to God your joy is precious to God your peace is precious to God and there is no fire from any place that can affect the precious things that exist in your life Oh, hallelujah hallelujah understand what I'm telling you this morning There are multiple types of fire that exist in the scriptures. There is the the fire of the Holy Ghost. and, and, And ministering spirits that are flames of fire. Angels, the Bible says, are flames of fire. The Bible also talks about the fiery trial. It also talks about fiery darts from the wicked. If you have gone through the fiery trial, And put your faith in God. I want you to know that that fiery trial can do nothing to your faith in God but grow it. Increase it. Oh, I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost this morning. Is there anybody in this house who has come through the fiery trial recently and said, My faith is increased. Because when I needed him, he was there for me. Anybody, I need to, I need to witness this morning. Hallelujah. Let the fire burn in your life. And it's it's burning off the dross. It's burning off the corrosion. It's burning off the oxidation. It's it's getting rid of the impurities. And it's making you into something so precious and so beautiful. That's what encountering the flame will do in your life. And the Bible says that the fiery darts of the wicked, they are different. You can take the shield of faith and you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The fiery trial is not something you want to quench yourself. Quench not the spirit. Let the fire have its way. Let the fire work its work. The Holy Ghost fire. But when it's a fiery dart of the wicked, what you've learned from Holy Ghost fire is that there is no weapon that is formed against you that can prosper. You understand, hey, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it the world can't take it away. This thing might burn. But it can't be consumed. Hallelujah. It might burn in the fires of difficulty. It might burn in the fires of questions. It might burn in the fiery trial of challenge. But it cannot be consumed. It can't be consumed. This faith that God put inside of me, it, it, has, it just keeps standing. It, it can't be consumed. This joy that the Holy Ghost gives to you, it, it just keeps burning, but it can't be consumed. It's, it's, it's amazing because you've gone through so much and you still love Him. You've gone through deep, dark valleys but you still keep on praising him you've been up on high mountaintops you've seen the lightning flash and you've heard the thunder roll but you still keep praising him you still keep serving him why because what was burning could not consume the most valuable thing hallelujah see moses when he had this encounter with the flame he walks away from that experience Forever changed. That bush burning but not being consumed. It was a reflection of what he would be in his ministry and in his life. It didn't matter what he faced. He had something that could not be consumed. He went back to that encounter with the flame. When he first heard the voice of God in his life. When he first heard God speak to his soul, he would go back to that encounter with the flame. When he needed bread, he knew exactly where to go because that encounter could not be consumed. That experience could not be consumed. And so he said, Lord, we, we need food. When, when the waters were poisonous, he didn't, he didn't have to go try to get the latest filtration system. He, he, he knew where to go. He would go to God. Lord, we need you right now. We need wisdom. And we need your power to move in our lives. We, we need you to intervene on our behalf. Hallelujah. He knew where to go. When it was time to, to have water, he knew where to find the water. You just go to God. And God said, smite the rock and water will come forth. And sure enough, here came the water. Years later, He went back to God and said, Lord, we need more water. And God said, you don't have to smite the rock this time. Just talk to the rock. Remember Moses? Remember when you first came to the burning bush? And we just talked with each other. Remember the encounter with the flame? That's what I want you to do with the rock. Just talk to the rock. Just speak to him. Hallelujah. I tire of people discounting prayer. I tire of it. From a world who, 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 who doesn't practice it. Are so quick to criticize it. They say, spare me your love and prayers. I'm going to tell, tell you exactly what's wrong with this world. This, what's wrong with this world is that the church doesn't pray like the church needs to pray. That's what's wrong with this world if we prayed about everything we complained about if we prayed about everything we worried about if we prayed about everything we fretted about if we prayed about everything that concerned us instead of spouting off about it but took it to God in prayer we turned this whole world upside down we spend more time complaining we need to spend more time praying we need to spend more time praying because it's just a little talk with Jesus that'll make it right it's just a little conversation with the rock where the water will begin to flow Hallelujah. There's something about encountering the flame. We've got to have an infernal, hallelujah, an infernal combustible experience with God again. Hallelujah. 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 And I'm going to tell you something, on every mountaintop, every Red Sea you face, every Jordan River you face, every plague you face, every type of attack of venomous snakes you face, you're going to go back to that encounter. I remember when my burdens rolled away. I remember when I laid it down at the altar. I remember when he called my name. I've come this morning to call somebody back to a place of remembrance of what it felt like to encounter the flame of God. Oh, bless His name, bless His name, bless His name, bless His name, bless His name. Come on, somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord right now. Somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord. Come on, somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. He's worthy, He's worthy, He's worthy, He's worthy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, somebody stand with me right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless His name. I'm going to tell you that when the flames cease and when the fire dies down and when the last ember burns out, you're going to see what lasted you're going to see what survived and it'll be that relationship you have with god hallelujah the voice of god is a flame that cannot be consumed the voice of god in your life is a flame that nothing can take away from you they can take your job but they can't take your relationship with god they can take they can they can take they can take relationships with people, but they cannot take a relationship with God. I'm going to tell you that thing lasts, it stands. There's no fire that can burn it, there's no wind that can turn it, there's nothing that can stop it. Hallelujah. Right now, whatever you're facing, you can go to God in prayer and find a victory. My God, have mercy. I need to say this to somebody this morning. It doesn't matter how you've messed up. You can always go back to that encounter with the flame. It doesn't matter what mistake you've made. It doesn't matter what pit you've fallen into. It doesn't matter who you've been for 80 years. You can have an encounter with the flame right now. Hallelujah. You could be endued with a fresh power. Hallelujah. They used to say, fire, fire, fire. Fire, fall on me. Fall on me. Holy Ghost and fire. Fire, fall on me. I wonder if there's somebody here right now who needs. You need something to to catch hold of your life right now. You need something to burn afresh inside of you. I wonder if there's anybody who feels like everything's burning burning down around you. Relationships are just being consumed. Your job is in jeopardy. Finances are are in shambles. Come on, your faith, your faith, you feel like it's teetering. I want you to come back to the burning bush right now. Come on back where it first started where you first met Him, where you first heard His name. Come on, come on, that's it. God bless you, come on. That's it in the name of Jesus. Bless His name, bless His name. Come on somebody, that's it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on somebody, that's it, that's it in the name of Jesus. I need you Jesus, I need you Jesus. Come on, He's gonna burn up everything that needs to be burned up. The Bible says that everything the Father did not plant is gonna be plucked up. Everything that the Father did not plant Is going to be plucked up. There's stuff you planted in your life. God's going to pluck it up. Will you let him do it? Will you let him do it? Will you let him do it? Come on, let the Holy Ghost have his way right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want more of you.
1: That I can't contain, that I can't control So that I can't contain that I can't control I want more.
0: me this morning. I want you to hear me this morning. Some of you have got, some of you have got fire that's been burning out. Some of you have got a fire that's been, that's been, it's on the verge of just, of just giving out and you can feel it. You don't care like you used to care. You don't have joy like you used to have joy. You don't love the way you used to love. You've become a little bit careless in life. You've become a little haphazard in your walk with God. You need to stoke those embers right now. You need to stoke those embers right now. You need to throw another log on that fire. Hallelujah. You need to put a little fuel on that fire this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. You need to step out of where you are. Step out of that self-pity. Step out of that that, that frame of thought that you've been in and say, Lord, I need you again. I need to hear your voice again. I'm going to tell you, it'll reignite. It'll reignite. There'll be a new spark. There'll be a new energy, a new burst of energy. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Lift up your heart in the name of Jesus and tell Him, I need more of you, God. I need more of you, God. Fire down in my soul that I can't contain
1: start Stir up the gift that is in one more. Stir up the God. gift that is in. I need more of you.